You are looking live at Ohio Stadium in Columbus, Ohio. Miller, the shotgun, gets free on the air. Braxton Miller's loose spin move. Drove a lineman into him, and Ohio State ends the game as Bosa forces a lineman into Hackenberg to sack him. They go for the ball game. All right, guys, welcome back to the Urban Renewal. It is finally game week, John. We've been looking forward to this since uh, about January, I'd say. And, you know, it's finally game week. Let's go. I'm just excited to have the boys back. I mean, let's go. Ohio State football. It's finally nice to be previewing a game. Uh, You know, all summer long, you know, you're previewing. You're trying to make stuff up, you know, recruiting, uh, position battle, speculation. We finally have some answers to some stuff. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about some of this. Uh, so let's get started. Let's talk about the position battles. Um, Ryan Day did a press conference. So did Greg Schiano on Monday. And then uh, Ryan Day did the teleconference today. And then they spoke to some players. And we finally have some answers to some of these position battles. So the one question everybody had been waiting on is, Who's going to play center? And we have that answer. It's our six foot seven left guard, Michael Jordan. I want to get your reaction to this because uh, this shocker. is a crucial position, John. I mean, I thought it was odd as soon as we heard it at first. Like, why the hell are you guys playing Michael Jordan of all people there? But uh, I guess they have a method of their madness, and uh, they know more than I do. Uh, one thing I was hearing was. Ohio State likes to use their best five offensive linemen, no matter what they typically do, because Michael Jordan came in as a tackle because he's six foot seven. So he came in as a tackle, won the left guard position. Now he's a junior. They moved him over to center. They obviously have a lot of faith in him because he's the one that's going to make the blocking assignments. He's the one making the calls up there for the offensive line. So they must have a lot of faith in him and his understanding of how the, you know, the offense is supposed to run. Uh, because you want a guy that knows that kind of stuff running, you know, essentially he touch, he's touches the ball every play. He snaps the ball. So they must have a lot of faith in him at center. Yeah, I mean, it, he must have made a huge impact because, I mean, he obviously won the starting center spot, which was not easy to do. Here, do you think that Michael Jordan was just that good that they wanted him to be center, or do you think there just wasn't anybody else ready behind him? Uh, you know, Billy Price last year to t- make that jump. I mean, I think there was someone there, and they just did not want to go with him. I mean, Brady Taylor's been there. He's a fifth-year senior. I thought that he was going to get the position just because he had sat behind Pat Elfline. He sat behind Billy Price, behind two Remington Award winners, That you know, two phenomenal guys that he wasn't going to beat out because they were all Americans. I thought Brady Taylor was going to be fine. But they must have really high expectations for that position, that they're moving essentially a guy who probably would have been all Big Ten at left guard over to center. Yeah, I mean, he uh, must have made one hell of an impact. I mean, hey, good for him. We'll see how it goes. I thought that they might look at Josh Myers, take the young guy in there, and get and mm-hmm. just have a center for four years. Essentially. Or Wyatt Davis. So essentially, you have a center for four years. You know, Josh Myers had been taking snaps. Um, they moved him over to center officially. I know Wyatt Davis is the backup right guard right now, but you know, I thought they might just push him in there and say, "All right, here's our center for our next four years," um, and mm-hmm. go with that. But obviously, they have different plans. Michael Jordan's a junior. Obviously, he could, uh, you know, he could go pro. Yeah, very easily. But a lot of times you've been seeing with these centers, uh, they aren't ones to really go early. Center isn't really a position you leave early, so I have a feeling Michael Jordan will be back for his senior year. 
Yeah, I mean, especially with the position change, NFL teams usually want to see, hey, I can do this and not just be specialty in one position, even if they do move that position that year. So in reaction to that, so since you moved Michael Jordan from left guard to center, you now have an opening at left guard. They named Malcolm Pridgen, uh, I think I'm saying that, Malcolm Pridgen, Malcolm Pridgen, uh, starting left guard. He's been with the program for a couple years now. He came in as a JUCO transfer, uh, won the left guard position. I don't know how much of a battle it was, and Demetrius Knox is right guard. Uh, Which is odd because what happened to Brandon Bowen? That's one thing I've been seeing a lot on Twitter today was what happened to Brandon Bowen. Uh, he's not even unless listed on the death not, chart, which is a little strange to unless me. Unless he's just straight not healthy or he's not confident in that leg game. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows he I broke mean, his leg an last injury year. Like I that forget could which game it was, maybe Rutgers. Or, mind. Uh, it was in October. He broke his leg. So I don't know what, how bad it was. I know he had surgery and whatnot. Um, you know, usually broken legs, you take a couple months to recover from it. But I don't know. Maybe there was some damage in there that – you know, he's taking extra time. Maybe his rehab took a little bit longer than normal. Um, but he wasn't listed in there. So my honest take is he's not fully healthy yet. Yeah, or he just didn't show that, hey, I'm ready to go. I'm healthy enough to do this. Like, he may not have confidence in the leg. Because the backup left guard is actually Brady Taylor on the depth chart. The backup right guard is Wyatt Davis. The backup left guard is Brady Taylor, which is where you would figure Brandon Bowen would be at one of the backup guard positions or backup tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the offensive line is just about set. There's a rumor. I guess they – not really a rumor. I guess they mentioned Thayer Munford's battling an injury, so they're not sure if he's going to start at left tackle or Josh – I'm going to butcher his last name. Alabi? Alabi? Josh Alabi? Sure. We'll go with that. Alibi. We'll go with Alibi. Uh, one of those two are going to start left tackle. Or Josh Alibi. Alibi was a former defensive tackle. He converted over to his offensive line after his freshman year. Um, you know, he's been in the two deep for a while, but uh, he, everyone kind of figured he was going to get passed over by Thayer Munford and eventually Nicholas Petit Freer. Um, so yeah. I don't think it's that, that important for this game. What do you think, John? This game, you're mainly figuring out who can play where. I wouldn't read too much into it. It's not like these are going to be a big game for us yet. This is kind of just like in high school when you did a scrimmage. It's kind of like that scrimmage. It's, hey, go out, have fun. We're going to figure out via another team who who gets to play. It's basically like the NFL preseason. Uh, I wouldn't say it's preseason. I wouldn't say... I mean, it's real. The game matters. But exactly, it's, this game isn't going to be close, in my opinion. We'll get down to that later. But Josh Josh Alibi, Alibi however you say his name, uh, I think he's fully capable of being the left tackle. He's been practicing there for a while. He's played a couple you know, meaningful times when people have had to come out for you know getting banged up on injuries before. Uh so it's not like he's foreign to the position where all of a sudden he just learned it two weeks ago. So mm-hmm. I think even if he has to go in there, obviously I'd personally rather have Thayer Munford because that kid played really well in some you know very little time last year. I know he came in the Michigan game and had a couple big blocks in the Michigan game, but mm-hmm. he was a monster. I think you know both of them are fully capable for this game upcoming. Yeah. Uh. The last one people I want to talk about on offense were so Paris Campbell is named an outright starter over KJ Hill. Austin Mack is named an outright starter over Ben Victor, and then Terry McLaurin and Johnny Dixon were listed as co-starters. Uh, any response to that, or you just think it's kind of? Uh... I think Dixon's more of a slot receiver than McLaurin is, but knowing how it is, it's probably going to be McLaurin because he's the older one. Elder states. I mean, they're both fifth-year seniors. McLaurin's had more time because Johnny Dixon's dealt with injuries. In the that's past. what I mean. I mean, the six guys are going to rotate. That's really what it is. It's just talking mm-hmm. about who's going to be the first guy on the field. Honestly. Yeah. Maybe Paris Campbell plays more snaps than KJ Hill. I love KJ Hill. I think KJ Hill's phenomenal. I think KJ Hill's one of the more underrated one of the teams. I mean, mm-hmm. the kid just—he's a very good possession receiver. He's not going to burn you with the speed like Paris Campbell will. 
And I think that's Parrish Campbell's upside is much higher than KJ Hills. Yeah. But yeah, it is. Uh, and then Ben Victor, I think we and and Austin Mack were both very inconsistent last year. You know, they play mm-hmm. the, they're the same receiver. They have you know, they do the same thing. So you're admitting your boy actually had an up and down year. It's the whole receiving core had up and down years. Like Johnny Dixon had eight touchdowns, but he only had 18 catches. I'm, I'm not I'm not talking about the wide receiver core. I'm talking about your boy. Yeah. I didn't call anyone else. You out, called him out, but the whole receiving core was inconsistent last year. No, I, I totally agree. I just wanted to have you admit on the podcast that Austin Mack was inconsistent. Yeah. I think I admitted last year Austin Mack went like three games in a row without a catch. And then he had his massive catch against Michigan. Mm-hmm. So any other comments about the offense before we flip over the defense? Nope. Defense wins championships. So the big question that's been with Ohio State the whole offseason is who's going to play linebacker? Because we were replacing all of them. Dante Booker is coming back from an injury. <laughs> Nobody knew if he was going to be healthy enough to play this year. He had a shoulder surgery in the offseason. Uh, he was nicked up last season. So they named their three starting linebackers, uh, Pete Werner and Malik Harrison outside, and former five-star uh, linebacker Baron Browning in the middle. What's your take on this, John? I personally like it. I think Baron is more of a middle linebacker than an outside. I think it's going to suit his skill pretty well. And we actually have a pretty big linebacker core, which I kind of like. They seem more athletic than – they're kind of one of those athletic-type uh, linebacker cores. They're they're big, fast, and strong. I wouldn't say they're Jerome Baker and, athletic, but, yeah, they're athletic. No. I mean, it's more athletic than we've seen in years past, where you've had, like, a Dante Booker next to Jerome Baker. Well, Baker's a freak, and Booker isn't. So I think you're going to have – Someone like in the middle at all three positions, which should help our pass rush. And uh, yeah, like personally, I loved Chris Worley. Chris Worley was a great linebacker for us, did great things. But you know, there were areas where he was inconsistent. Um, you know, he mm-hmm. wasn't the best middle linebacker, which is why they moved him outside last year and put Tough Borland in there. I think this is a good lineup. I think there's a lot of potential with this lineup. Malik Harrison got a lot of playing time last year. Uh, they're really high on Pete Warner, so I'm excited to see what he does. Mm-hmm. And Baron Browning is going to be a freak of nature. Like, this dude is just going to blow up the middle. Exactly. Uh, and then, you know, they mentioned guys that were going to uh, rotate in. One little tidbit, uh, Jeremy Emming, who is the sports information director for Ohio State, he tweeted out the, uh, the depth chart. And originally he put Baron Browning at 6'6", six six, 250 pounds. Baron Browning is more like 6'3", six 6'4". Six so, mm-hmm. and he's like... So he realized he made a mistake. The other mistake he made is he listed Keandre Jones at 288 pounds, which I was like, wow, that is That's the largest linebacker, linebacker I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And then he realized that Keandre Jones more is like 228 pounds, not 288 pounds. So he actually responded to me and said, uh, mistake, my bad. He's like 228, not 288, which I thought was kind of funny. We have a nose tackle playing. That was, I literally tweeted that out. I said, Come at if Kondre Jones is 288 pounds, he's more of a nose tackle than a linebacker. Um, so they also said who the rotation was going to be for cornerback, which doesn't surprise anybody. Kendall Sheffield, Damon Arnett, and Jeffrey Akuda. Doesn't surprise anybody. Everybody's been predicting that for since January when that was the rotation for the Sugar Bowl, or not Sugar Bowl, Cotton Bowl. Yep, and you were tweeting out hot takes about it, so. Yeah, no, I've been tweeting hot takes for the last, like, month. I've been bored. Yeah, we all yeah, have been. been. really bored. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Marcus Williamson gets some playing time. You know, when they put a third cornerback in there, potentially, you know, a nickelback kind of thing. Marcus Williamson, they they were saying some praise about him earlier in the, uh, I think in spring, they were praising him. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him a little bit. Uh, Tyreek Johnson and Sean Wade were other guys that, you know, could definitely see some time. You know, Sean Wade was a five-star prospect. Uh, yep. you know, he was injured last year. I'm sure he would have got playing time had he not been injured. So they're going to be looking for guys to step in because Kendall Sheffield could go pro. Damon Arnett could go pro this year. 
mm-hmm. and then originally they said Isaiah Pryor and Jocelyn Wint were going were listed as co-starters, and then the depth chart came out today, and Isaiah Pryor was listed as the starter with Jocelyn Wint listed as or with Josh Proctor. I thought that was interesting. Yes. I thought it was very interesting too, but hey, I think Pryor probably won the job. I want to say he won it, but it's not over. Exactly. Yeah, they'll figure it out more after Oregon State. You know, it's I if Jocelyn Wink comes in and plays like a freak and Isaiah Pryor's just knocking it done, then obviously you'll make the change. So I think this is one that could go into, you know, September a little bit. And my boy, DeMario McCall, everybody's boy, DeMario McCall, is only listed one spot, or technically two spots, on the depth chart, and he is the returner. I think this is going to be an explosive returner. Last year, you saw them put Mike Weber back there after Parrish Campbell got his lights knocked out on a kickoff return. So Mm -hmm. I think this is a perfect spot for him because he is an explosive player. He's got a lot of speed. Um, I know everybody wants to see him on the field as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, you want to athlete like that out there you know, he's a guy that you can make people miss um i know punt returns have always been a problem for the last like 15 years for ohio state because you know you had guys like Jalen marshall that scared you to death that they were going to drop the ball and dontre wilson's who were going to drop the ball and kj hill i think did it in the cotton bowl so i'm hoping with this you know we get a guy who can catch the punt that's the important part catch the punt yeah Field it. So yeah, field, field it. I don't care how, how much, how many yards you get. Just don't give it back. Exactly. Just field the damn punt. That's all you gotta do. It's your uh, and then notable, notables left off. We talked about Brandon Bowen. The other notable I thought was Antoine Jackson, who came in as a, you know, he was originally at Auburn, transferred to JUCO, came in, was not listed on there. So I don't know. Maybe he's, you know, banged up a little bit, or if he just didn't perform well in fall camp. Could have been either or. Uh, and then I wanted to, you know, the notable freshmen. So all the true freshmen that made it in the two deep, there was actually a lot of freshmen that made it in the two deep. These are the true freshmen. Uh, Nicholas petit Friere is listed as backup. Jeremy Ruckert, Brian Sneed, Master Teague, Chris Olave, Tommy Tugiai, Josh Proctor, Tyreek Smith, and Tyler Friday. Uh, I'm going to guess all of them get in on Saturday, John. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're not on two deep for nothing. Yeah, if they're putting the freshman on the two deep, they're expecting them to contribute. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. So we talked about the depth chart. Uh, let's talk about the captains. So last I year we had captain nine captains. Year. Hey, John, we had less than nine. Well, that's good. It means you and I don't get to be captains. I know. Well. I want to be a captain this year. Uh, I mean, second year in a row would have been an honor. I know. No, we, we only have seven this year. We only have seven instead of nine. Terry McLaurin, Johnny Dixon, Parrish Campbell, Nick Bosa, Tuff Borland, Isaiah Prince, and Jordan Fuller. What is your reaction to those seven captains? They're all leaders. I mean, I, I think it's a little more offensive heavy, but still, they're all it's leaders. It's four and three. Exactly. Exactly. Of course it's offensive heavy. I mean, There's one more of them. You should... You should have gone with, I know, I know how to do math, dude. I'm just saying, if you, I would have liked to see just six, that way it's three and three. I don't think you need three out of the receiving room. Let me put it that way. No, I don't think McLaurin needs to be a captain. He was one last year, so it's hard to take it away from him this year. Uh, Johnny Dixon, Paris Campbell, I mean, Paris Campbell was one last year too. I just don't think you need three out of the receiving room. Should have made McLaurin earn it. Here, throw it to him. He'll drop it. He did have that touchdown in the Big Ten Championship game with like 80 yards. Whoop-de-doo. How many drops did he have? I didn't keep track. He had a touchdown, he had he a touchdown had against Penn State, too. But he still had a ton of drops. Yeah, I don't want to remember all the drops. But the one surprise that I thought that was not a captain was Draymond Jones. They sent Draymond Jones to Big Ten Media Days. And they didn't name him a captain. I have no idea why that is probably the oddest thing we could have possibly done. Well, the players vote on the captains, so I don't know. I don't know. 
But Tough Borland, that one, uh, that one just surprised me a little bit because he's a younger guy. But that that yeah, shows I mean, that he must be that true real leader of that defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, you want to talk about Oregon State? Not really, but we're going to have to. Why don't we talk about the game though? We got. You don't want to talk about this game? Let's talk about this game. No, I want to talk about it. I just think that after seeing some of the comments Buckeye players made this week, I feel really bad for that. Those players. They're going to be playing at 5 a.m. their time, and they're walking into an absolute They're not playing at 5 a.m. their time. They're playing at 9 a.m. their time. Okay, I misread the one tweet. They're not playing a whole... They're not from Hawaii. They have to get up at 5 a.m. their time. The game's at noon. It's three hours behind in Oregon. Yeah. So 9 a.m. there, and then you have to get up early... For you know to oh, get ready oh, for I thought the you game, meant... so they have to be up at five oh, a.m. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, okay, I know what you mean. Uh, so Jake Luton was named the starter for them last year. He had a sixty-two percent completion rating. Uh, he got injured, I think, in the fourth game, so he only threw for eight hundred fifty-three yards, four interceptions, four touchdowns. Uh, they bring in a brand new coach, so they fired their coach. Uh, well, Gary Anderson left in the middle of the year last year. Hired a new coach, uh, and they hired Jonathan Smith, who is actually was their quarterback when they almost won the national championship in 2000. They were one game away. They finished 11 and one, almost played for the national championship, and this was their quarterback. So Jonathan Smith comes back. So they get a real, I guess you want to call it, Oregon State guy. Uh, they get one of their own. Yeah, they got one of their own guys who, you know, obviously if he does well, they're going to hope that he sticks around. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, in my opinion, this is good for that program. But him being his first game and not bringing a lot of talent, this this is going to be – this is a very rough game for them to come into. Uh, exactly. You know, their leading rusher, leading returning rushers are Tavis Pierce. He had 323 yards, 4.8 yards per carry, one touchdown. And their leading re- leading returning receiver is actually their tight end. Uh, he had 34 catches, 461 yards, and he had two touchdowns. His name's Noah Tugiai. I really wonder if he's related to Tommy. Tommy's from Idaho. I wonder if he's related to Tommy Tugiai. I don't know. They'll probably mention it. In the uh, you don't hear broadcast. too many Tugi last names. So let's go position slash players, and I want your expectations for this game. I want to kind of hear where you think we're going to do well, and in areas where you might, you know, not do well. So uh, let's start with the quarterbacks. You know, Haskins slash we'll Tate do Martell. well. We'll do very so well. So this actually comes with a question, uh, loyal listener. At Travis Gregory eighty two says, "How much do you see Tate Martell playing this game?" Second half, I see him taking over the entire second half. Yeah, uh, the Ryan Day, he's probably gonna, I don't know how much different he'll do games than Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer usually would have the starters play like the first series of the second half, so I wouldn't be surprised if you know Dwayne Haskins plays the whole first half. Because just getting him comfortable with the team, I don't think he's going to pull him too quick. Because you got to build that chemistry. We do have a big game, th- you know, in three weeks. So I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised if Tate Martell plays a quarter and a half. You know, the last half of the third and the whole fourth. Exactly. Uh, what's your expectation from J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber? To run wild. It'll, it's going to be pretty easy for them. Yeah. I think they'll pro- I think each will hit 100 yards. Wouldn't surprise me in the least. Um, but at the same time, I don't know how much they're going to play. I don't know how much they're going to play. I don't know how many series they're going to get. You know. I think we're going to go up early quick, and they don't want to run the score up, so they're just going to run them. Um, I think we could score 100 points if we tried this game. I wouldn't go that far. I said if we tried. Yeah, I mean, if we tried, it would be a bloodbath. If we really tried, we we could make this extremely ugly. We would make beavers go extinct. 
So with that, uh, let's talk about the offensive line. And you know, we talked about the starters on the offensive line. You know, who do you who do you think might struggle on the offensive line this game? Michael Jordan, first game at center. It's a big responsibility. You got to cover, uh, make point out coverages and everything like that. I think he will be the one that struggles most because it is his first game at center and adjusting to making all those calls. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, he's never taken a snap, you know, from center before. You know, he's done it, I'm sure, in scrimmages and practices. But, you know, what's going to be happening, you know, when you got guys yelling in your face? Um, you know, what happens after a sack, potentially? You know, what happens if we lose yards somehow? You know, uh, if a guy jumps off sides, you know, how does he react in these situations? I'm pretty confident in him, but I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, we get a couple false starts because of it. Exactly. Snap counts, you know, that kind of stuff. I would, would not surprise me in the least if we hit three false starts because guys not knowing, you know, snap counts, guys not knowing when they're supposed to go. Um, potentially that kind of Especially stuff. Especially with the stupid silent snap count, snap count we go with. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm interested to see how how it all works with him there. Uh, let's talk about, we haven't talked about this one position that could potentially be the best position group of the whole team. The defensive line. Like, I think mm-hmm. we need to talk about the defensive line here for a couple minutes. Uh, Nick Bosa is a freak. Chase Young is a freak. Yep. And Jonathan yep. Cooper is really, really good. So, yeah, those are your defensive ends. And then in the middle, mm-hmm. you have Big Bob Landers, Draymond Jones, followed by guys like uh, Haskell Garrett and Tommy Tugiai and Teron Vincent. You just got depth there. Mm-hmm. You have so much depth at the defensive line, you know. Our second and third teamers are starters at other colleges. Like it's not even kidding. Like Haskell Garrett could probably be starting at most of the other Big Ten schools right now. Mm-hmm. Like, not even a question about it. You know, last year Rob Landers wasn't a starter. Like he could have started on plenty of teams last year. Exactly. And it just goes to show you what how good our program is that we have people that are taking lesser roles to come be a part of our team. If any if anybody's listening to me right now in the middle of my fantasy draft, so if for some reason it hears a you know nice ESPN sign, I'm in the middle of my fantasy draft. Just drafted uh, No one Todd cares Gurley, about FYI. your stupid fantasy league. Yeah, because I told yeah, he you did. to. John told me I should draft Todd Gurley. I have not paid attention to the NFL offseason whatsoever. Anyways, uh, as we were saying, yeah, guys are taking lesser roles. To I hear Des Bryant is going to be a They understand steal. that there's a little bit of a waiting period, that they might not be able to you know, play immediately as a freshman because you have guys like you know, Chase Young and Jonathan Cooper both had to wait their turn. Chase Young, you know, he got some playing time last year. Jonathan Cooper's a junior because he had to wait behind guys like Nick Bosa and Sam Hubbard and Jalen Holmes and Tyquan Lewis, like guys who were either you in the NFL Joey? or going to the NFL. Yeah. But the thing is, the key, the thing there was NFL is they all went to the NFL. So understanding yep. that, hey, you come here, yeah, you're probably going to the NFL. Yep. Uh, and I just think that this – this defensive line, I would not surprise me in the least that they got six, seven sacks on Saturday. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. Uh, how many sacks? I'm going to put you, I'm going to make you guess. How many sacks do they have on Saturday? Six. Six? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go five just because I don't know how many they'll get in the first half. And when they start putting young guys in there, you know, freshmen in there. Um, guys with not much playing experience. I'm curious to see how many they'll get. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, Tyreek Smith got a sack. wouldn't surprise me if, like, Tyler Friday got a sack. But as soon as those guys start entering, the chance that we get a sack decreases pretty quickly. Yes. Just because they don't know as much. 
you know, you stick Nick Bosa against anybody, I'm taking Nick Bosa in that battle. Exactly. So, uh, let's talk about, we talked about linebackers. I want to hear which linebacker do you think is going to play the best? Which linebacker do you think, at the end of the day, we could be questioning, should we be looking at potentially somebody else? Really? I'm with you. I'm with you there. Although I think Malik Harrison is going to have an amazing day. Uh, I think Malik Harrison is going to have like ten tackles in the first half. Exactly. I, I, I'm I'm huge on Malik Harrison. I think the kid is a stud. I think he's going to be really good. Uh, would not surprise me in the least if he's all Big Ten by the end of the year. Uh, I think the obvious one for a guy who might play the least is Pete Warner, just because he doesn't have the playing experience. Oh yeah, totally. Baron Brownie was playing, you know, on the second team last year. Malik Harrison was playing with the ones in situations last year. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if Pete Warner struggles just because he hasn't had a lot of playing time. Jordan Fuller. So, uh, last one there is the secondary. Who on the secondary do you think is most likely to have an interception on Saturday? I think that's the easy answer. Well, I'm saying Jordan Fuller is the easy answer because he's the best, probably the best one in the secondary. Jordan Fuller, you know, he was a beast last year. You know, he was second on the team in tackles. Yeah, he was my cool. pick to lead the team in tackles. So, the guy is just hard-nosed safety. Uh, wouldn't surprise me in the least. I would love to see Jeffrey Akuda get his first interception on Saturday. Absolutely awesome to get it. Uh, Four, hey, let's see. Five to six hundred. Oh, one of the questions we had about this yeah. game. So we'll we'll answer our questions now. Uh, at ugly underscore cam said, "How many total yards do we tally on Saturday?" Mm-hmm. You you, uh, you might want to stop yourself there. I was in the same. I'm in the ballpark there. I was gonna say I would say the over under is probably six hundred. I wouldn't like six, six fifty is my guess. Exactly. The most we ever had was seven hundred and something. I don't think we get that many. But six hundred, you know And Haskins isn't a running quarterback. Three, three fifty passing, two fifty, three hundred rushing. You know, I think you'll see more passing yards than rushing yards this year. Because JT Barrett's not running the ball like a fullback this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, JT Barrett was a, a fullback that played quarterback because third and one, everybody knew what was happening. Marcus Ball, he'd motion him in, stick him behind the guard, and just follow Marcus Ball. Yeah. Like, happened every time. And everybody knows the exact plan. And it beat our best friends. Uh, JT Barrett's in a shotgun alone, you know. It's third and one. So what play are we going to do? We're going to do the JT Barrett draw. So that's all that matters. It's the JT Barrett dive. That's essentially what it was. Marcus Ball motions in. He follows Marcus Ball. He gets three yards. I mean, granted, it was effective. Don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong. We got the first down so many times. Exactly. It worked. It worked like a charm. Everybody in the world knew it was coming. And... That was the problem at the same time, is eventually you got to change up your play calls. So I think everybody's excited to see some original play calls this weekend. Uh, at Rick AJAY9327 says, Has Vegas ever had a line of minus 100 on the game? He's insinuating how bad we might beat uh, Oregon State this weekend. Uh, I don't think they've ever had a line of 100. And nor do I think we would cover that line. I don't think we win by 100. I don't think there'd ever be that much of a disrespect to another school. Unless you played like... Unless it was like Alabama versus... Like a Division three school? Indiana Community College. Yeah, pretty much. By the way, guys, Last yeah. Chance U Season 3 is awesome. Never watched Last Chance U. Started watching the first episode, just never... Never went back and watched it. Watch season three. The coach is really awesome. Isn't the third season a different school? 
Yeah, it's Indiana, uh, Kansas, or it's like one Indianapolis, of the, Kansas. I know it's or one of those independent. No, Independence, in the Kansas, instead of uh, the Mississippi one. Yeah, it's Independence, Kansas. Gotcha. Uh, the last one, question we got is actually a basketball question. Uh, at six one four OSU underscore BB says, "Big day for college hoops this Saturday. How many points does Ohio State need to score to get EJ?" Uh, EJ Lytle, top 50 player, who's from, I forget where he's from, but he's a power forward, uh, to commit on his official. Um, I think as long as we win by a lot, it'll look really good for us. Uh, I don't think it will matter if we win by 40 or 70. No. Hey, he's a basketball kid, and he's coming here for basketball, not football. No, but I understand bringing him because then you bring him out there, the atmosphere, you get 100,000 people, people look up and go, whoa, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so last year, John and I did game lines. Before we predict the Ohio State-Oregon State game, that OSU will win no matter what. You like my joke? No. You didn't think it was funny, John? OSU's going to win. No, it was it was absolutely terrible. Unoriginal, terrible. Uh, what else could I use? Unfunny, unimaginative. OSU will win. Ha ha ha. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. Say it one more time. Hey, uh, I bet you OSU wins on Saturday. Oh my God, Jake, you were the funniest person on the face of this earth. <laughs> that what you looking for? Made you laugh. Not really. Anyways, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pick spreads for the games. Uh, so I think I have eight or nine games for this weekend. Uh, I tried to pick the games that were pretty much Power Five versus Power Five, with the exception of one because I like that game. Uh, but we're gonna pick that. We're gonna keep up with it throughout the year. See who does better between John or I. Um, and Twitter can get in on this too. Yeah, sure. We'll a... If anybody wants to get in, like uh, any of our loyal listeners want to join us, feel free. We'll, we'll welcome you in there. We'll let you uh, pick some games as well. Uh, so, John, uh, we'll go. We'll, we'll, we'll alternate. Uh, you'll go first, then I'll go first, and back and forth. Uh, so the first game that we have here is Florida Atlantic at Oklahoma. Only reason I picked this game is because it's Lane Kiffin, and Oklahoma has a history of losing to non-Power 5 schools in games like this. You know, they lost to BYU in the past. They lost to Houston. So I think this could be an interesting game. Plus, people were, some people are saying Florida Atlantic could be that, um, you know, power, that group of five team that makes it into, uh, you know, a New Year's Six Bowl this year. So this would be a, a huge game for them. Oklahoma's favored by 21 points, John. Uh, who you got? I got Oklahoma winning, but Florida Atlantic covering. They'll probably lose by seven to fourteen. Uh, same page as you. Uh, I'm gonna think Lane Kiffin's got something up his sleeve for this game. He's gonna pull something weird out. You know, like three throw, throw three quarters backs out there at one time or something. He's gonna do something really, really strange. You know, he's gonna score some points. I don't think that's a question. I think it's a matter of. Uh, you know, seeing who or what they do. Um, next game that I have here is Texas at Maryland. Texas is favored by 13 and a half. I'm going to go Texas over. You think Texas wins by at least 14 points? Yeah, I mean, DJ Durkin's gone. They're, Maryland just doesn't want to be there. Uh, I agree with this because I don't know how motivated this team's going to be without having, uh, you know, without having DJ Dirk in there. It's going to make things a lot harder. You know, you, you've got a new coach out there. Um, granted, you're at home and you beat them last year, but I don't know, year two of Tom Herman. I mean, Tom Herman is a pretty good coach, so I seem to think that they're they're going to run away with this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, John, the next game that we have here, 
you went first the first two times, so I'll, I'll go first this time. Uh, we have Tennessee and West Virginia. So West Virginia is favored by 10 points. I have West Virginia winning this game by a lot. I have West Virginia winning this winning this game in a blowout. I don't think Tennessee is very talented right now. West Virginia's got Will Greer and David Sills. Um, I think they're just going to win this game very easily. I'm in the same boat. West Virginia by a boatload. So, third game we got here. Uh, Washington at Auburn. This game is being played in Atlanta. Uh, I got Washington. I like Washington. I think Jake Browning will do enough. I got Washington win this game by, uh, you know, Auburn's favored by a point and a half. But I got Washington straight up winning the game. I got Auburn straight up winning. They're over. They win by at least a touchdown. All right. This one you get to pick first. Uh, Michigan at Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Over. Notre Dame is favored by one point. So essentially you're picking who wins. Notre Dame, because I do not like the team up north. Yeah, I got Notre Dame winning this game, too. Uh, Tariq Black was announced that he's out for an undisclosed amount of time. And I think that's going to hurt them. I think Tariq Black is a huge part of that team, even though he only played three games last year. So I uh, I think Notre Dame's going to win this game. Uh, Louisville at Alabama. Alabama's favored by 24 and a half. I'll go first on this one. Um, I think Bama's going to roll. Like 24 and a half. I think Bama is going to absolutely roll in this game. Yeah. It's going to be Alabama over. So, so far, through, what's that, five games? Through six games, we've only differed on one. Uh, Miami at LSU. Miami is favored by three and a half points. This game is being played in Dallas. This one's you first. Joe Burrow versus Miami in Dallas, Texas. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Let's go with... Give me that turnover chain. You got Miami winning the game? Yep. Uh, I'm going to take the fighting uh, Joe Burrows. I just hate LSU for an irrational reason. I mean, that's fair. A lot of people do. A lot of people hate them. But uh, I got LSU win this game. I think that Joe Burrow's going to – nobody really knows what Joe Burrow's got. I don't really know what he's even got on offense. I know Malik Rozier for Miami is an okay quarterback. He's not the best, but, you know, he got it done at some points last year, but he also wasn't the best. Uh, now we have Virginia Tech at Florida State. Florida State's favored by 7.5. I think Florida State – I think Virginia Tech covers, but I don't know if they win. I think this is a really close game, but I don't. I think seven and a half. I think Virginia Tech covers, but they might not win. Hmm. Give it's, me Virginia Tech winning. All right, last game here. We got our game, and this is going to come with our score prediction as well. Oregon State at Ohio State. Ohio State is favored by 39 points. 39, John. John. Um, Ohio State over. You got Ohio State winning by uh, at least 39 points? Mm-hmm. All right. I have uh, – I want your score prediction now. 54 to 7. 54 to 7. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. Uh, I'm going to say Ohio State wins 63 to 10. Now, I want your rationale behind your pick, and I want your uh, game projection now, too. Of, like, what you think is going to happen. I mean, personally, I think it's just going to – they're going to 
get up by 54, let them score on let them feel good for themselves, and just coast because they're going to be pissed off. It's going to be a pissed off game, and I think that OSU is going to dominate both sides of the ball. They're going to try a few things. They're going to see who fits where. Few series may be ugly. They may let uh, may let them move the ball a little bit, but that's because we're messing with their personnel. I think the offense will be fine. Uh, Ryan Day, you're going to see the same offense. You're just going to see him try to get Haskins comfortable back there, try to get him uh, the ball out quickly, get him comfortable, and get him rolling. Once we're up big, he'll pull everyone and let the reins go. Yeah, I think this, this game's all about just building chemistry. Um, Oregon State, granted they're a Power 5 team, but they are not a good Power 5 team. Nope. This is the example of Alabama were to play Indiana. Like, mm-hmm. it's not going to end well. Like, Oregon State is not a good team. Uh, Ohio State is incredibly talented. I think you're going to see... I don't think you're going to see that creative of an offense on Saturday just because I don't think they're going to try to tip too much of their hand for later games. I think they're not going to get open the playbook up too much. Um, I think J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber, you know, they both get theirs. Like, I think one of them get 100 yards. I don't think both of them do. I think someone breaks a run for, you know, 40, 50 yards. Um, I want to say Dwayne Haskins probably only throws for maybe 2, 220 just because he doesn't get a lot of time in there. So mm-hmm. two two twenty, you know, three touchdowns, you know, really good day, solid day. You know, maybe he misses, maybe an interception because you know just doesn't have that chemistry down yet. You know, he's only been playing with some of these guys, you know, in game action, not a lot. You know, a little bit last year with some of these guys, but I think Tate Martell comes in. Tate Martell shows some electric. You know, I think Tate Martell has a rushing touchdown. That's gonna be one of my predictions. Tate Martell has a rushing touchdown for this game. Um, give me a bold prediction you have for Saturday, John. A bold prediction? Yeah, a bold prediction. Whew. Um, <laughs> Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Tate no. Mar- Her- uh The wide receiver, Harris. Jalen Harris. Scores three touchdowns. Okay, that one, was... one, hold on, one in the uh, on a fade, another on a uh, two on a fade and one fifty yarder. Okay, uh, Tate Martell has more total yards than Dwayne Haskins. Hmm. That's my bold prediction, because Tate Martell is going to get yards with his legs. Dwayne Haskins isn't going to get as many yards with his legs. That is correct. Dwayne Haskins might get like two, two fifty. Like if he gets like two hundred or so, I think Tate Martell gets about two fifty. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't surprise me at all. That's my bold prediction. If Tate Martell has more total yards than Dwayne Haskins. Um, let's see. I uh, don't think we have anything else to go over today, John. Do you have anything else you want to add before we finish no, up? Here? Just ready for this bloodbath. This is going to be uh, this is gonna be an ugly game. Oh, I need your player of the game. Player of the game will be Chase Young. What's his stat line going to be? Seven tackles, three and a half sacks, six, uh, two tackles, uh, four tackles for loss. Okay. It's a lot. It's a ridiculous amount. Um... Make it easy, Dwayne Haskins. Just because, I mean, I say Tate Martell's going to more yards, but I think Dwayne Haskins to more touchdowns. Wouldn't surprise me in the least if he's got you know four or five total touchdowns. You know, four receipt or four uh, passing and a rushing touchdown. You know, they call the some sort of QB draw. You know, he scrambles for a touchdown from the ten yard line. So my uh, my prediction is. Dwayne Haskins. I think that's the easy call there. Um, all right. Awesome. Uh, anything you want to add before we uh, wrap up here, John? Nope. Awesome. Well, guys, it's exciting. Football is back. We are really excited to be bringing you guys all sorts of uh, coverage. We'll give you guys uh, previews every week and recaps every week. So next week, 
We'll recap the Oregon State game and preview Rutgers. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Urban Renewal. Uh, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast. Uh, we I went over everything we were on last week, but we're on Spotify, uh, Google if Play, you can to it, iTunes, um, like Stitcher, like podcast something or other. I forget what all there are. If you listen to the end of the last episode, I go over everything we're on. It's way too much. But you can find us just about anywhere. Um, John, what's your Twitter handle? Jaybird8554. J-B-I-R-D-8554. John only tweets about Cleveland. No, I do not. He retweets everything Cleveland. I tweet about hockey, football, baseball, basketball, all sports. He retweets Cleveland. Cleveland. Yes. And only a Cleveland. Cleveland fan. Hey, John, you from the land? I am from Cleveland, Ohio. The land. The land, John. The land. Hashtag the land. John. John, what? John, John. John's a Philly term for anybody that's listening. Uh, give him a follow. Give us a follow. Subscribe. Rate the podcast. It's an exciting week, guys. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Well, we play football for a lot of reasons. We play it for the great state of Ohio, for the incredible University of the Ohio State University. But most importantly, we play it for each other. These 13 seniors. had the best damn band in the land. Now we got the best damn team in the land.